Well, thanks for joining us and welcome to Activate Your Health. I'm Josh. And I'm Kayla. And we're back again to discuss all things health here in Allen County. From the fun to the serious, we discuss healthy related issues that affect the people that live, learn, work, worship, and play in our county. So we just want to thank you for joining us on what we hope to be a beautiful day here in Allen County. But we've got a fun and insightful episode planned for you today. First, we'll be discussing some tips for making your children's school year a healthy one. Then we'll have a guest in studio, Abe Fryson, Community Advocacy and Diversity Outreach Coordinator from Mercy Health St. Rita's Medical Center to talk about his new role and the exciting work that he's doing in our community. And then we'll wrap it up with some of the great events happening in our region in August. Well, Josh, it's back to school time, if you can believe it. I don't uh, want to think about it. The kids are it. heading yeah. back to school. I know we have some kids that are probably not too excited about this time of year, but it is a definite change in schedule. It's kind of getting geared up for all those things that school has to offer, especially with that busy fall season around the corner. Yeah, and it sure can wreak a havoc for parental health and children's health, the change in the schedule, increased anxiety, the exposure to more germs can really affect your child's health and they bring a lot of that home with us. So let's just talk about five tips to help make sure that our child is as ready as they can be to have a healthy school year. So we'll dive right in. First of all, scheduling a wellness visit to your pediatrician before the school year starts is always a great way to kind of end the summer and begin the school year. Getting the well check done, getting any vaccinations up to date that you need to get, hearing and vision screenings and receiving potentially the annual flu vaccination while you're there. So these are a great time for you to talk to your pediatrician, for parents and students to engage with their doctors, have any questions, concerns, especially as you get into the school year in terms of the vision and hearing and just those general concepts that we really want to make sure are we're in a good spot with our kids before we head out to the year. Pediatricians are also an excellent resource on how to manage some issues at school such as bullying or behavior or tension problems. So if you're noticing some things that need to be addressed with your child, those wellness visits are a great place to get that process started. Yeah. And Kayla, we've heard that those well visits have been down since COVID started. I think a lot of people have fallen out of practice of getting those wellness visits. So we want to really encourage that parents are taking this opportunity before school starts to get their kids in to see a pediatrician. And many of your sports require that annual physical. So it was really a good practice to get into and actually seeing your pediatrician or a physician for that is just a good way to get a well-rounded visit and get that physical taken care of for the year as well. Absolutely. Another suggestion, and so tip number two would be to teach children healthy habits, especially like hand washing. I talked about at the beginning of the school year, especially two to three weeks into the school year, kids start getting sick, especially in kindergarten because they're in kindergarten because they're not used to being around all these germs. And so germs are really transmitted in two ways. They're either transmitted by respiratory droplets or by people touching their noses, mouth and eyes while they've touched something else. So many of these respiratory viruses can survive on inanimate objects for up to three days. So parents should teach their kids the importance of frequent hand washing and kids should know how to cover their mouths, not with their hands, but into their elbow when they sneeze. I think that's a practice that a lot of people still don't know how to do. And I think it's more important than ever that we're coughing correctly, not into our hands, where then we're touching it and spreading it, but cough into your elbow. So that's tip number two. And number three, eating right. This is more of a year round tip, but as we enter the school year, even more important, that kids need the energy to have productive starts to their day. I think eating a good breakfast really should be focusing on that to start our day well. 
get that nutritious breakfast started at home or at school if your kids eat breakfast at school. Just making sure they actually go to eat breakfast when they get to school or that you're feeding them at home before they go because they really won't have the attention span to last until lunch if they don't have something in their bellies to get their day started. We also recommend looking at that lunch schedule for school, planning to pack on those days when your child will not eat the school lunch provided. And it's also a great tip to pack the night before. So when you're getting ready for bed, when you're kind of clearing up the kitchen from dinner, getting ready to kind of wind down for the evening that you ask your kids about the school lunch for the next day. And if you need to, pack that lunch ahead of time so your mornings aren't quite as rushed as we know those mornings, especially at the beginning of the school year, when you're getting into that new routine and trying to get things around that likely you might forget to pack that lunch or it won't be as healthy as you could if you had some extra time in the evening to get that done ahead of time. Yeah, I can see how parents aren't prepared just throw something together real quick last minute and it wouldn't be the healthiest option. Yes, so whole grain breads, good protein sources, not too much sugar. So maybe some yogurts and cheese sticks and some baked chips potentially. It would be really nice for a well-rounded lunch for our kiddos. Yeah, that's a great tip. Tip number four would be to stay active after the school year begins. Kids have a great opportunity in the summer to be physically active, to be moving. But to be honest, for a lot of kids, if you're not in organized sports and things like that, school can actually be harder time frame for kids to get that 60 minutes of moderate to vigorous physical activity per day. If you're thinking about how much physical activity a child might get at recess along with PE class, they might only be getting that 60 minutes of activity throughout the full day. And so we want to make sure that kids are getting active, getting enough exercise while school gets underway because it's important for them to maintain that physical activity, to maintain weight, and to be as healthy and productive as possible. Yeah, that's a great tip, especially as our kids get older. We know that they don't have the opportunity for recess that the elementaries normally offer. So great things for parents to focus on in terms of potentially if they're old enough to walk to and from school, if you live close enough or having some sort of routine where they are doing some walking or physical activity if they aren't in sports, especially as they again get older. Mm -hmm. And finally, our last tip is adjusting bedtime before school starts. So part of the summer fun is, of course, staying up late, sleeping in hard on, I think, working parents. I know I've felt this this summer when our children want to stay up way too late and you're like, I have to go to work in the morning. But this is the time when we need to get back into the routine of getting to bed a little bit earlier. And then, of course, everyone's going to be getting up earlier for school to start. So about one to two weeks before the first day of school would be a recommended time to start transitioning to a regular bedtime and kind of 15 to 30 minutes every day, kind of going a little bit closer to that target bedtime so that you can all adjust accordingly and starting to get up a little bit earlier as well. I think that's the big thing is really the getting up part. <laughs> Sometimes <laughs> the bed early is not so bad, but the getting up is the potential barrier. Yeah, I know when I was a little kid, I liked that snooze button a lot. And mm-hmm. I swear I could fall asleep in five or 10 minutes and have vivid dreams and just not want to go to school. So getting a head start on that schedule adjustments are really important. So we suggest you try these five tips to support the health of your little ones for this school year. And we think that they'll be a healthier, happier and better students because of it. So give it a try and let us know what you think. Now let's welcome today's guest, Abe Fryson, Community Advocacy and Diversity Outreach Coordinator for Mercy Health St. Rita's Medical Center. And today, Abe will be discussing his role at Mercy Health with us and a little bit about the work that he's doing for them. Welcome, Abe. How are you today? 
Good. Thank you for having me. Before we find out about your role at Mercy Health, can you tell us a bit about your career path and what has led you to your current position? Oh, wow. That's a long and (laughs) winding road. I never originally ever thought I would be in any kind of like a community kind of role, working with the community and community health and things like that. Pretty much out of high school, I worked construction. I eventually became a bricklayer, and during the course of that, I hurt my back. I eventually had to get surgery. I was overweight and very unhealthy after that, and um, I decided to start working out. Needed to figure a different career path, and I got into fitness, and I enrolled in the University of Finley and got a Bachelor of Science in Strength and Conditioning. During this course, it really taught me the importance of like taking care of my body, taking care of myself. I kind of like rehabbed myself from the back surgery and all that. And um, so after I got my bachelor's degree from Finley, I ended up at St. Rita's Medical Center as the fitness coordinator. That's what I did for eight years is I was the fitness coordinator at St. Rita's. I managed the fitness center, worked with our weight management patients and our employees, trying to help them get a fitness plan together and, you know, just get moving, get healthier in general. So I always thought I'd be in fitness. You know, I never saw myself in any other role as like pretty much just fitness the rest of my working career. And one day I was approached by our director of community affairs, Beth Keen, and she asked me to apply for this role. And I did. And that's how <laughs> find us here. Rest is history. And so what resonated with me is just overall health. It's just very important. So it sounds like you have a great passion for fitness and wellness that came to you later in life, right? As yes. you had already moved into your career. How does that love for fitness and wellness fit into your new role? So it sounds like community advocacy and diversity outreach seems like a pretty large and important position, but still sounds like it has a little bit to do with maybe health and wellness. Describe what your current role is and how that career path prepared you for that. Actually being unhealthy and living an unhealthy lifestyle, I just felt it was very important to bring a message of health to the greater community and specifically the underserved and minority community in which we live. That's kind of the vision of my job. It's a kind of a collaborative idea between our community health and our community affairs department to kind of bridge the gap between health disparities in our community and the minority and underserved communities, but also bridge a gap as far as like building trust, collaborations, and general trust between Mercy Health and underserved communities. Like Josh said, that's a big role. What are some of your goals here in the next few years as you kind of live out that mission and expand your role and do that work here in our community? My role is funded by our Mercy Health Foundation. It's like our charitable wing of Mercy Health. The mission of the foundation is to help invest Mercy Health's money into the community and improve our community. Abe, you were telling us that you're trying to work on the health disparities that our community faces. For those that aren't in the choir here, Kayla and I work in this world all the time. Can you tell the folks out there that are listening what some of those disparities are and what that looks like for our community and impacts our broader community health? Disparities are um, like differences between social determinants of health and social determinants of health are different things like, do you have transportation? Do you have food? Do you have access to health care? Do you have health insurance? Different things that determine whether you are able to live a healthy lifestyle or not. So there's huge disparities in these social determinants between people based on race and where they live as well. So depending on where you live, where you were born, what the color of your skin is, might mean that you have less access to parks, health care, health insurance, mm-hmm. food access. Yes. And you're trying to help bridge that gap in the work that you're doing. Yes, that's exactly it. We're mm-hmm. trying to connect people to resources to help with these disparities that they may be experiencing. 
Yes, and it's really interesting when you think about that work and when you look at some of that data, as you mentioned, that people who live relatively close to each other in our community, we're looking at census tracts and different zip codes, really those play a huge role in those disparities and how you're able to access care and how you're, again, that trust in the community based on the neighborhood that you grow up in. We're seeing huge changes and really they don't live that far away in the scope of mileage, but their feelings and how they are approached with different resources and, uh, as you said, disparities is huge. Yes. Another thing we're trying to address is access, because that's a huge disparity amongst underserved communities is access to care, access to resources. And so I think a lot of people might misunderstand kind of the work that you're doing. You're trying to just provide extra help for folks that need a little extra hand, but really you're still supporting everyone in the community to make sure that they're accessing the services that Mercy Health has to offer. Yes. We're trying to help everybody. Nobody's excluded from the help we're trying to give to the community. So you've been at a couple of Activate Allen County's block parties here recently. Can you tell us about some of the work that you're doing there in terms of the screenings and how that kind of fits into your current role? So I take the opportunity to attend different events and do what I call my HNA outreach. HNA stands for Health Needs Assessment. Basically a questionnaire of different social determinants of health. Do you have a primary care provider? Are you up to date on your current screenings based on your age? Different things like that. Um, also transportation, food. Questionnaire just kind of encompasses as many social determinants of health that we can fit on a front and back page. Mm-hmm. And then if they are showing a need in a certain area, I try to connect them to community resources to fill that need. It's great work. It is really such a need. And it's so great that you're a part of that team to try to accomplish that mission. Can you talk about who your key partners are in the community in terms of who you're working with and trying to work with in order to accomplish this large scope of work? One of our key partners, of course, is you guys, Activate Allen County. Some of my favorite people. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> thanks for the shout out. Yeah. The United Way, Bradfield Center. We're helping to support the upcoming Makerspace. We collaborate with the City of Lima. So many other entities that I've ashamedly not <laughs> been able to come up with the top of my head. But, but so many other partners come. Yes, yeah. a lot of community partners come together. I have to tap into community partners. My job is kind of to try to support things in the community, inform people what Mercy Health is doing inform people of the support Mercy Health has. We have our community investment funds, designated funds that we have for nonprofits. They can request funds for programs, events, different things, as long as it aligns with our mission, of course, possibly even things they need to operate. So it sounds like you're looking for more partners even to add to that long list of people that you're working with in the community. How can people kind of stay up to speed on all the work that you're doing? And if they want to support you, if they want to get involved with the work that you're doing, how can organizations and individuals kind of stay up to speed with your work and kind of get involved if they want to? Go to mercy.com and search Mercy Foundation and find ways to support the Mercy Foundation. My position is pretty much exclusively funded by our Mercy Health Foundation. I really encourage you to contribute to the Mercy Health Foundation. Go on mercy.com and see what we're doing as far as the foundation's work. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. We really do appreciate the support of Mercy Health and also the work that you are working to accomplish in the community. As we know that disparities and equity is just really a huge topic here and things that we're really trying to work towards a better health for all. And that includes those who may not have all the resources that they need. So we really do appreciate the work that you're doing and thank you for your partnership. Thank you for having me. Thanks, Abe. You're here with Activate Your Health and now it's time to talk about upcoming events in our area. 
coming in August 2022 marks the return of school, fall sports, and really full schedules for a lot of people in our region. And our region is actually full of events and happenings around Lima and so many things for families and individuals to do. But the first thing I just want to mention, a little out of order, is the Activate Allen County and Bradfield Center's block party, which is scheduled for August 13th. It'll be held from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. over at the Bradfield Center. We've got inflatables. We've got live music. We've got uniform distribution, free book bags. Free food. Free food, community vendors. I think I missed a ton of other things that are going to be- Dale Gold. Yeah, Dale Gold will be performing. Lima's own, who actually is a uh, hip-hop producer and MC down in Cincinnati, is coming back home to perform for us at that block party. And I'm sure there's- five or six other great things that would be great for you and your family to uh, come down and be a part of on August 13th at the Bradfield Center. So mark your calendars and come say hi to Kayla and I when you're there. Also continuing to take place every Tuesday from one to five is the downtown Lima Farmer's Market. So if you have yet to head out there this summer or if you're a frequent flyer, thank you for being out there and supporting our local vendors. But if you have not yet, please check it out again every Tuesday from one to five at the VFW, uh, the corner of Main Street and Elm. Yeah, it's one of my favorite visits every week to go and see what's available at the farmer's market. So make sure you're checking that out before it ends for the season. August 2nd brings national night outs to the region. So there's a lot of them that you can participate in from the city of Lima to Elida to Bluffton to Johnny Appleseed Metro Parks. There's all kinds of national night out events happening in the region. Most of them do take place on August 2nd. The majority of them are taking place from 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. here in the square of downtown Lima, like I mentioned in Bluffton at Heritage Park. Park in Lima at Elida Fieldhouse. Wherever you are at, there's probably a national night out event happening close to you. And I will say that if you like fireworks, that Bluffton's national night out actually features fireworks to wrap up the night at 930. So if you didn't get your fireworks fixed yet this summer, <laughs> stop out to Bluffton on August 2nd. And then lastly, the fairgrounds here in Allen County is hosting the NNO and DARE 5K which is a little special National Night Out 5K around 5.30 out at the fairground. So, you know, find something to do and support National Night Out on August 2nd. The final Summer Friday Night Stargazing at Schoonover Observatory will be August 5th at 9 p.m. Great location for families to do some stargazing one final time before school starts. So August 5th at 9 p.m. Schoonover Observatory. Yeah, that's like a hidden gem here in Lima. A lot of people have not had the opportunity to visit the Schoonover Park Observatory, but I'd highly recommend it. It's really cool to see all the things that the telescope can show you. Great way to get outside and uh, learn about some science with your family on a Friday night. The Delphian Hoop It Up 3-on-3 basketball tournament will be held on August 6th. Great uh, 3v3 basketball tournament over in Delphus. Registration starts that morning at 9 a.m. Games start at 10 a.m. and uh, all events will be held at the stadium park in Delphus. Johnny Appleseed Metro Parks are hosting their Just for Kids stream stroll August 6th at 1 p.m. at the Ottawa Metro Park at over on Ada Road. So that's the Just for Kids stream stroll. And that is exactly what it is titled. So my nieces and nephews have participated in that before. And you literally get in the stream, pull out critters. Super fun for the little explorers in your life. So check that out. Uh, we also want to recommend the Legacy Art Street Party, which will be held on Saturday, August 6th. Music starts at 2 p.m., lasts until 9 p.m. And that'll be held at the Legacy Arts Building here in downtown Lima. And I think Doc Robinson is the headliner. So exciting duo out of Columbus coming to headline that event. So make sure you're checking that out. Out if you're free. 
the Happy Days concerts in the park will continue. They have two more shows scheduled for this summer, August 7th and 14th. That's at the Faroe Park Pavilion. Those are Sunday nights, 7 to 8.30 with the live music. You can bring your own lawn chairs and snacks. Again, those start at 7 at Faroe Park Pavilion. And for all of us garage sailors out there, the Lincoln Highway Byway yard sale takes over the entire Lincoln Highway August 11th through the 13th. Sales get started at 9 a.m. all along Old 30. So uh, no, you'll you, be out there. Yeah, if I can, I will be out there at some point, hopefully at least on Saturday, scoring <laughs> some good deals. And, you know, if you can hit the right neighborhoods, it's a great way to get some exercise. So I like to park my car and then hoof it from house to house. And then if I get any big items, then I got to go back through and pick them up. But it's a great way to get outside, connect with folks in our community that maybe you normally aren't going to meet and get a little exercise. So yeah, I'll definitely be out there checking out the uh, Lincoln Highway Byway yard sale. August 13th from 1 to 8, we have Static Music at the Caribbean American Festival. That's at Faro Park. Static Music, as we know, is a great act. We love to have them at our events. So please go out and support Static Music, local entertainment there at Faro Park, August 13th from 1 to 8. Yeah, and the food is always great at that yes. one too. So yeah, make sure you hit Faro Park after our block party. You know, yes. great segue, come to the Bradfield Center, get a free hot dog, bag of chips, have a lot of fun, and then go just across the street and continue that fun at the uh, Caribbean American Festival. And obviously, most folks are aware that the Allen County Fair festivities get kickstarted with the Allen County Fair Parade on August 14th. That'll be starting at 2 p.m. here in downtown Lima. The parade actually starts at North Main Street at the Northland Plaza, travels south to downtown Lima. The fair itself will run August 19th through the 27th, and they're open daily from 8 a.m. to 11 p.m. And finally, last but not least, the Chamber's Real American Sunrise Breakfast will be held at the fair. That wraps up the fair August 26th from 7.30 to 8.30 in the morning. So that's the Chamber's Real American Sunrise Breakfast. Yeah, so a lot of events happening in August. We didn't get to them all, but if you're looking for something for you and your family to do, the Greater Lima Region definitely has something for you. And we want to remind everyone out there that's listening that if you have been struggling, there is local help. You can call the crisis line at 1-800-567-HOPE. That's 1-800-567-4673, or you can text 741-741. And before we get out of here today, we have a special guest in the studio that we just want to introduce and say hi to. Oftentimes, we have young folks that step in and volunteer for events. Maybe they'll fill in on the radio, but we just want to say hello to Colin Montfort. He's actually joining us when we're recording on his birthday. So let's wish him a happy birthday. Colin, how are you doing this morning? Good. What is your favorite thing about helping your mom out with Activate Allen County? Because you are at all of our events. You step in and help. You fill bags before, you know, a big giveaway. And I think just the people need to know that you're a big help to our work here. And uh, just what do you enjoy about helping your mom out? Uh, the disrupt. Oh, the distributions, like going out to Safi and beanies out there and stuff like that. So that can be fun, huh? Yeah. <laughs> You're a big Locos fan too, yeah. I hear? Yeah. So who's the player you guys are hosting this year? Brayden White. So you want to say anything? You want to give a special shout out to Brayden and tell him a good season? Good luck today. All right. Yeah. So today the Locos have a game. We don't know the status of this when the podcast will be out, but we just want to commend the Locos for a great season, wish them the best of luck, and we hope that they're still marching on to the championship here soon. So, Colin, thanks for all that you do. Thanks for joining us, and you have a great day. Thank you. Oh, that was fun. (laughs) 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 He wasn't quite ready for that, but uh, yes, we love having Colin around and 
We will be back again in September for our next episode of Activate Your Health. So until then, stay safe, stay healthy, and uh, have a great start to the school year. Bye. Bye.